So I said, it doesn't feel right to me. And the doctor got defensive and he said, well, that's what we've seen. And what I'm offering is this treatment. So I said, yeah. He said, well, I'm going to surgery. We can cut him open, tighten up that esophageal sphincter, close him up again and have him on drugs the rest of his life just to control the whole situation. I nearly had a heart attack. I said, you... I said, you are joking. You are joking. And I, I'm like holding Cameron really tightly thinking, this is insanity, you know. Um, my perfect little baby is going to be basically sliced open. And I just, I just said, thank you very much, but I don't think that's going to happen on my watch. Welcome to A Woman's Blessing podcast. My name is Lynette Allen and this show is dedicated to honouring the strength and resilience of women. Over the past 20 years, I've held hundreds of sister circles and hosted some deeply healing medicine retreats where I've been really humbled to hear stories from women of how they've overcome really hard life situations. Women are so resilient and so brave and we develop courage and determination we never knew we had when we find ourselves in critical times and we pull ourselves through, no matter what's going on. This story is about meeting the women who have done that. We'll be hearing their most personal stories to reveal how they got through, what they did exactly, and where their strength came from in order to inspire you. And today, I'm really pleased to have been introduced to a lovely lady called Bonnie Salvi. I had a message recently from my friend Elle who said, you really have to talk to this lady. She's got an amazing story. And so I picked up the phone to her and I heard about a situation she was in when she was a young mother with her son who was vaccinated and had an extreme reaction to the toxicity. So she's going to tell us today a bit about what was happening back then and what was happening in her life. Hi, Bonnie. Hi, Lynette. Lovely to be here and talking to you. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. Tell us a little bit about what was going on back then, because you had a small child and you did all the normal things, I think, at that time. What was the advice? Uh, vaccinating and going through the mail of having a child. I've had one too, so, you know, under the age of one of going to the doctors and doing all the checkups and following their advice. But you didn't realize at the time that he had an extreme reaction to one of the vaccines. Essentially, my story began um, in South Africa. I was in the clothing industry in a very busy professional working as a buyer in fashion and then a trend forecaster, etc. So I had all of this sort of corporate busyness going on and very glamorous lifestyle flying to Europe backwards and forwards. Anyway, my husband and I moved from South Africa to England. I was still working with all of this busyness, running my own business, but it was time to have children. So it was a military operation in terms of the planning of Cameron's conception, which worked. I mean, how I thought I could push the universe around, I don't know, but life happens. And um, this little boy arrived on due date, and it was the perfect situation, perfect birth, etc. But you kind of get catapulted into everybody else then taking control and, and, and putting an awe into how the treatment should progress or, or, or how the, the management of a, of a child's health should progress. So we immediately went into the vaccination program, and I'm a nurse's daughter. 
So I was very much within the medical paradigm thinking I was doing the right thing for my child. So you were a nurse's daughter? Very much so, you know, and I, although I wasn't completely sold on to medicine, um, it was a powerful background. You know, I was studying other things at the time, studying color therapy, and my father had treated us with homeopathy as children. So there was probably an okay balance between medicine and alternative stuff. But with the child, you, you, you away from my family, my family were all in South Africa. Here I was in England with this newborn. My husband, um, now ex, was working in the city and he was gone from seven in the morning until seven at night. And there I was <laughs> pulled into the situation of being a new mom. And nobody really warns mm. you of how incredibly intense it is actually I think I can relate to that mm. every time I've heard of a new mum and I've spoken to a new they say the same thing that they just didn't expect how life was going to be after the child you know when when people announce they're having a baby everybody's so happy for them yeah and but nobody says how it's going to be and I think that'd be quite helpful on some level totally it changes everything doesn't it totally I mean it it, it really I love my children I'm, I'm a very devoted mother but I'll be the first one to say that your firstborn will throw a hand grenade into your relationship because you have to adjust everything, you know. And I think it's it's even more significant when you've got like a strong mindset in a particular direction, because it's it's almost like that's why the child is coming in to kind of change all of that. There I am with this newborn who was a live wire anyway. You know, he he wasn't ever going to be a, a, a docile child, and he was very very active. He hardly slept, so he was exhausting. And I was trying to run this business at the same time and you kind of can't chase two rabbits at the same time that's kind of been my overall learning mm. with motherhood so it was difficult I was very adrenally stressed and he started this weird thing after he had the first series of vaccinations um, and and bearing in mind that it took a long time to join all of these dots you know here I was in the situation mm. with a screaming baby because that's what he would do he would suddenly out of the blue start to scream as though there was a knife in his gut and his poor little back would be bent in an arc and I, would, I couldn't even cuddle him I couldn't even bend him in half you know it was it was it was absolutely devastatingly shocking I just had this screaming vortex of energy and regularly I'd jump into the car quite illegally with him like over my knees, drive down to the doctor's surgery, leave the car with the hazards flashing, keys in. I mean, I was I was like a manic woman. Um, run into the doctor's surgery, past everybody else in the waiting room and like panicking, run up to the doctor and say, there's something wrong with my child, help me. And he would just be mouth wide open, bellowing. And there was no let up in it. You know, it wasn't like he would just calm down the crying. It was just literally screaming and devastating for me too because I just a being so adrenally stressed and this noise I'm very sensitive. it was just I didn't know what to do it was freaking me out and the doctor would push and prod him and try and work out what was going on with the best intentions but he would say I don't know what to do and then after 20 minutes and it was always exactly 20 minutes he would stop crying and then I'd cuddle him okay. maybe put him on the breast and he'd sleep and that went on Month and it would be like three or four times oh, a day, yeah. Three or four times a day, really. He'd, he'd go into this vortex of screaming. I can't imagine how you coped with that. It, it, you know, Lynette, it's bizarre actually. 
recalling it because we kind of pack things away in our brains, you know, like a it's it's mm. history, um, and b it's I'm not dealing mm. with it now. And 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 as humans, we're really good at actually processing things and and sort of putting them away, you know. So when I go back and I look at it, I think, gee, how the hell did you cope? You know, because no mom, no sisters. Mm. And on your own as well. Yeah. And my husband would come home from work and he'd be like, well, how was your day? And I'd be like, <laughs> so, well, pff, we kind of got through, you know, but he would be interested in playing with the baby, you know, so not really interested in what had happened. Anyway, long, long, yeah. long story short. I mean, he moved from this crying, 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 absolute agony to then projectile vomiting. So he'd cry for 20 minutes and then he would do a projectile vomit, which was also shocking. You know, I was washing and cleaning and, you know, comforting and trying to cope. It was, it, it really, I feel for anybody else in that position, quite frankly. Did you have any support around you at the time at all? Not really. You know, I was, I was, I was studying. I was one weekends. I was doing a color therapy course, so I'd kind of that would be my salvation. I'd, I'd leave and leave him with my husband for the weekend. So it was hard. Okay. One, one day, um, mm. the thing. If we're talking about a woman's blessing, yeah. Um, one of the things that really was a beautiful, beautiful turning point and a and a shift for me. He was in the middle of one of these extreme screaming, crying fits. And a girlfriend I had met on the color therapy course I was studying, she phoned me out of the blue. We hadn't spoken for a week or two. And she phoned me and she said, what the hell is that noise? You know, so I said, oh, no, it's Cameron. He's got this crying thing going on. I don't know what to do about it. And and she was distressed for me, you know, hearing how loud and how urgent his, his cries were. She said, I'm coming. And she yeah. jumped in her car, which was, I mean, she lived in Balham. I lived in Wimbledon at the time. And that was probably about a normally a half an hour drive. She was there in 15 minutes. She must have hit all of the speed humps, you know, <laughs> taken air. <laughs> and what a delight. Mm. She, she arrived. She rushed in. She picked up this little boy and she held him. Just put her hands. She didn't cuddle him. She just put her hands on his belly. And... I'm looking at this thinking, mm -hmm. this is interesting. I've not seen that approach before. And within a minute, he stopped crying. And I just said, what did you do? Wow. You know, like, how the hell did you do that? And she said, I've just done a course. It's Reiki. I've just done a Reiki course. And it's obviously the Reiki energy is helping him. So it really was a blessing. That Can I ask how many years ago this was? Because I've done Reiki yeah. while I was 20. 20 years ago, well, it was 20 years ago when I did Reiki. And back then it was quite unusual. So how long ago was this? Well, Cameron today is 23. So it was like 22 okay. and a half years ago. A similar time then. Yeah. Did you know about Reiki back then? Was that something you'd heard of or were you just hearing about it? I hadn't heard anything about Reiki until that point. So mm. Cheryl introduced me to the concept. I said, right, I, want, I need that. I want to be able to do it too. So I booked myself onto the very next Reiki course that that teacher was, um, that Cheryl's teacher was teaching. I did Reiki 1, I did yeah. Reiki 2. I got very involved in running her UK seminars and then I went on to become a Reiki master. Okay. But at the time, it was just this incredible blessing and just so beautifully delivered. And she said to me, you need to get to the bottom of this. Getting back to the story of, of how we found that it was a vaccine reaction, I went back to the doctor's surgery and 
in a less panicky moment, you know, with the child screaming, I said to the doctor, this this is rubbish. You know, there's something really big going on here. And I can't just react. I've got to be pro-reactive in the whole situation. I said, you've got mm-hmm. to do something. And I kind of stamped my foot in the surgery. And he said, okay, we'll get a consultant involved. So I, we went to a consultant with Cammy, but now by now was about eight months old. So we'd been through, you have those major vaccinations that come 12 weeks. So we'd gone from 12 weeks through until he was eight months old, and he was still screaming every day, vomiting every day. He was still very, so this very... Is five months. Yeah, five months. And when I look at it, I think... How, five months of... Hell. It was hell. Yeah. When you did the Reiki, if I can go back to the Reiki mm-hmm. for a second, were you able to help him in those moments? Was that at all that worked for you? Because I know I've had my friend in a previous podcast, she uh, reminded me of this, that when my little girl Livy had been up all night, she just mm. happened to pass my house, happened to knock on the door, and I was exhausted, hadn't slept, came up, put my baby to sleep mm. within a minute, just <laughs> like yours. Beautiful. And um, I was like, how do you do that? <laughs> the same thing, but I didn't have a screaming child like you. I just hadn't slept. It was just a normal newborn night, really. Mm. Um, but was it that you were able to do the same thing with learning Reiki as your friend had done? Yes. Immediately, I managed to create a difference in Cameron. So those crying periods, instead of being 20 minutes long, I could shorten them. Somehow the Reiki shortened them so that it wasn't as intense. But they were still there. And humans yeah. are so clever. Cammy had by then learnt that vomiting, and it was a subconscious learning, vomiting created a result. You know, it got mommy and daddy running. So <laughs> so he got our attention. Yeah. So it, it was a, then a compounded problem. It wasn't just a reaction. I guess by then you're into a cycle, isn't mm. it? Because mm. he's used to that being a way of being. Mm-hmm. And there is a pattern of behavior that you display, I guess, when he's vomiting. Mm -hmm. Poor Mm -hmm. lad. I mean, oh my God, I can't even think how that must have been really. So you were able to help with the Reiki. And what happened for you to say, hang on a minute, I'm going to go to the consult, uh, to the doctor, I'm just going to ask for more tests. This cannot go on. At what point did you think to yourself, okay, enough? You know, it's interesting. It all blurs, and it's 23 years later, so you kind of the details get lost. But I actually think that, mm. that it was the Reiki, in a way, that brought me up short, you know, because it kind of, with Cheryl doing the Reiki on Cameron, it, it instantly made a shift, enough for me to notice through this fog of stress, etc., that I was in. So it was really the Reiki that you yeah. thought, this was your turning point, what is going on? Yeah, I think somehow it brought, Reiki brought some clarity to me of this is just not normal. You know, I hadn't been able to speak to anybody else and mom or anybody, you know, that, that this isn't normal, you know. So somehow the Reiki brought this clarity in where I had that moment of, no, this is not supposed to be happening, which is when I went to the doctor surgery and stamped my foot and said, you're supposed to be helping me get on it, you know. And um, they called in the consultant and I had a meeting I took Cameron down to the hospital and they did a whole ultrasound thing they sort of said we'll ultrasound the whole of his chest and see if there's something going on which was great I started to think wow something's going to happen you know and um, 
they did that. They must have done, I don't know, about an hour of ultrasound. And the doctor came back to me, handed Cameron back to me, and he said, right, I know exactly what's going on here. This child has got an underdeveloped esophageal sphincter, and that's why he vomits. And I just I had enough medical knowledge from my mom and enough common sense, yeah. but it's almost like my, my motherly intuition kicked in at that point. And I sat there and I looked at him and I said, that doesn't sound right. So he said, why doesn't it sound right? Hmm. So I said, well, if he had had an undeveloped esophageal sphincter, he would have been a positor. He would have been a baby that always was vomiting from newborn. And I said, he wasn't like that. He was never like that. He would eat, swallow, be fine. And this whole vomiting thing started suddenly. And it wasn't a positing weak esophageal sphincter. It was just like a projectile. So I said, it doesn't feel right to me. And this doctor got defensive, defensive and he said, well, that's what we've seen. And what I'm offering is this treatment. So I said, yeah. He said, well, I'm going to surgery. We can cut him open, tighten up that esophageal sphincter, close him up again, and have him on drugs for the rest of his life just to control the whole situation. I nearly had a heart attack. I said, oh. "You, I said you are Whoa. joking. You are <laughs> joking." And I, I'm like holding Cameron really tightly, thinking, "This is insanity." You know, um, my perfect little baby is going to be basically sliced open. And I just, I just said, "Thank you very much," but I don't think that's going to happen on my watch. You know, and <laughs> I turned and I just <laughs> left. I think they were all a little bit startled, and. Um, Wow. I went I went home and I, I phoned the same girl that I had come and done the Reiki, this dear friend of mine, and I said, can you believe that this is what they're suggesting? And she said, no, there's, there's got to be another way. Mm-hmm. And she gave me the name of a homeopath that she worked with. So I thought, okay, anything, you know, and I was already plugged into homeopathy because my dad had treated us when we were infants um, because he was just fascinated with it, not a trained homeopath or anything. Mm-hmm. And so... I got the next available appointment with this homeopath and I went in expecting to answer a hundred questions, you know, because that, you know, I knew that you had to homeopathy find the medication or the, the homeopathic remedy by virtue of asking a lot of questions and finding the ins and outs of all of the things that were going on. So that's what my expectation was. Mm-hmm. And I went in there told her briefly about the story and she said okay well you sit in that chair and I'll put these electrodes around his head his ankles and his wrists and I said what you know electrodes you know like I just come from the hospital Uh thinking they're about to abuse my child and I'm thinking electrodes yeah she said no no no, relax it's fine I'm just going to read him so um, (laughs) I was so green behind the ears you know (laughs) how what you going to read you know well I think it's this I know what this is when you when you spoke to me when uh, we first connected this is a skio machine and my auntie does this in Mm. Mallorca when I first heard of it like having the electrodes put around your ankles I'm like what are you going to do electrocute me exactly (laughs) I'm not going on that (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but it's the most phenomenal piece of kit I mean totally. my goodness me oh. now I know about it and now I've had experience of it mm. yeah but, it's phenomenal so she was a homeopath who used the skio and again yeah. this was 20 odd years ago my auntie hasn't been doing it for this long yeah. and even now people aren't really sure what a skio is so yeah you were using what I believe was like cutting edge technology yes 
Yes, I was going to use those words, cutting-edge technology. And I mean, the total blessing of it is that I had just fallen into it. You know, I mean, I look back now and I get that the universe is guiding my shoulders, you know. So uh, a total and utter blessing to come across this really cutting-edge technology at such an early age and at such a critical stage. So really, I was blessed by my lovely friend. Anyway, so here I am, cut to sitting in front of the homeopath, and she ignores yeah. us. And I'm sort of trying to amuse Cameron, who is like a whirling dervish on my lap. He never sat still, still doesn't. And um, she tapped on her computer, and she looked up and she said, my goodness, he's showing one thing, one thing alone on this computer and I'm all ears, and she said, pertussis. She said, that's a whooping cough vaccine. He is completely overloaded with the pertussis whooping cough vaccine. What the hell happened? She said to me. It was like a dagger going through my heart, because in that moment, there was this absolute crystal clear realization that I I had done that to him by virtue of doing the vaccination and all extraordinary how it's like dominoes falling you know when you get these realizations i kind of playing this little video in my mind of the health visitors to make it easier for me the stressed professional trying to run a business and have a baby and you know run a household with a newborn they said we'll make it easier for you to come and do it at your house and they used to come and do the vaccination program at my house and one of the things they said is that we are doing a new, purer version of the pertussis vaccine. Do you want the old crappy one Hmm. or do you want the new, purer version? So, I mean, (laughs) what do you do? You know, so here I am. What are you meant to say to that? Well, exactly. I mean, with my wisdom now that I've developed over all of these years, I would have said, keep them both. You know, don't offer me that kind of incredibly difficult um, decision, you know, because you, at the cognitive yeah. dissonance on that is enormous, you know. So I'm sort of, sort of thinking, well, why are you even putting crappier old ones into everybody, you know? And of course I want the new purer one, but it just feels a bit fishy, you know. So anyway, the, he had yeah. the new purer version of the pertussis, the, specifically the pertussis vaccine, which is why she was specifically picking it up on the computer. Right, okay. Lots of dominoes fell in that little hour-long consultation. Thank God she was able to reverse his whole situation in a number of ways. A, she created homeopathic remedies to clear the toxicity because he was like a little toxic bomb he was full of toxins and Mm. she said right we need to unbundle this we need to work in a progressive way to get the toxicity out of his system and she gave me a whole list of things to avoid in our daily life chemicals and personal care products chemicals in non-organic vegetables um, chemicals in things around the house you know cleaning products Mm -hmm. um, pesticides in the garden you know we already lived a pretty um, organic lifestyle. You know, I was eating organically. I was breastfeeding. And um, I kind of countered her by saying, you know, but what toxins? You know, I'm, I am breastfeeding him. I do eat an organic diet. He's now starting to eat organic solids. And, you know, I don't really know where the problems are. And she opened my, my eyes and my mind to the toxicity of personal care products that we surround ourselves with, you know, since Second World War, there's been mm. a flood of toxicity on the planet. Anyway, so mm. thank God for the homeopath because she managed to reverse the situation with Cameron. And it took time because he developed this pattern, as you mm-hmm. identified, of, of creating 
the effect that he wanted in the parents, you know. I mean, humans are just so clever. We learn to manipulate early on, and it's at a subconscious level, you know. So he had hot and cold running mommy and daddy whenever he wanted us to. So he wasn't really going to let go of that program easily. However, as the toxicity reduced in his body, and I used to see the homeopath every three weeks, and she'd put in a new program, and she would be doing broadcasts off the bioresonance system as well. And I could slowly see the difficulties with Cameron's conditions ebbing away. You know, it took probably two years in total into his third year where it started to, I started to yeah. feel as though it had gone completely. Obviously, life happens as well. So during that time, I'd had my second yeah. child. Cameron was two when his sister was born. So, so there was a lot of other stuff going on as well. Mm-hmm. Probably by about age four, he had stopped vomiting for attention. Four, though. You know, that's... Four, yeah. Four is... <laughs> four is like... <laughs> so this went on so long. You know, we talk about on this program the resilience and the bravery of women and mm. and like you said, the blessings because I think we we are surrounded by blessings and we don't always see them as blessings or realise. But your mm. friend just phoning on that particular day and hearing Cameron in the background and then, mm. you know, just rushing over and, and giving him Reiki and then that opens a door for you that you step through as soon as you can Mm. and help him yourself which then leads to you and your head doing things like hang on a minute this really isn't normal I'm really going to get this sorted out and then your intuition kicks in when you're in front of a consultant who says don't worry we're just going to slice him open I mean and you're on your own Mm -hmm. your husband's at work in the city you have no family around you what do you think kept you going and sane and relying on your intuition and your gut instinct back then well i've never been asked that directly before it's quite a hard one to answer but i think that maternal instinct is incredibly powerful you know and i think you know we step from girlhood into womanhood i believe when we give birth obviously not in every situation but for me that's what i think happened i stepped into an incredibly strong maternal instinct and I wanted the best for my child and I think that's what pulled me through. I loved I loved mm-hmm. being a mom. I loved the breastfeeding. I loved I loved all of that. It was just incredible um, to feel as though I was almost doing what I was designed to do, you know. And I think that's what mm-hmm. pulled me through. And and I also know that previous experiences, childhood experiences, etc., put in a foundation of strengthening that um carries you through future trials you know I had a a not an easy childhood I had a father who was a very troubled man a violent alcoholic etc and that I can go into the detail but maybe not necessary but that strengthens you you know so you learn to rely on yourself early on you know and it's that self-sufficiency and that um, sovereign authority which is incredibly powerful and I think that when you go into a difficult situation you you kind of click into that, you know, it's a, it's like a stream that runs through mm. you at a deep level that you're able to kind of access when the chips are down, you know. So I am deeply I grateful. I about something similar like that mm-hmm. the other day. I, re- I bought this ring that is actually a circle. So it, it sits on my finger, on the top of my finger as a flat circle. Yeah. 
and I just was really drawn to it. It's really, it's really simple, but it just reminded me of the circle of life and mm. and the fact that you know whenever you suffer with grief or whenever you break down and cry or whenever you feel lost or whenever you feel joyous or whenever you feel relief that a situation is over and that you can move forward or wherever you feel stuck or whenever you feel unstuck and it releases don't ever think that that's not going to happen again because yeah. it will and this is what I'm learning more and more as I get older, as the more women I interview, the more women I coach, the more women I sit with, is that all these scenarios that have happened in our lives, your childhood, for instance, I've been through a divorce, a, a traumatic birth, you know, all of the things that we go through, I think we're quite quick to rush to the end of something we don't want because we don't want it and we want resolution and we want comfort and we want relief from a situation yeah but during those moments we build a resilience and a toughness and coping strategies that we are going to have to use again and then it sometimes shocks us again when we have when another person we love dies or when another relationship breaks down or when we have another argument with a sibling or a child and and things feel devastating don't ever think that we are insulating ourselves by getting through something that that's never going to happen again because it does and it is but what I'm finding is that women just get stronger more capable and those stings those feelings we have they come flooding back and we remember oh okay I know what I'm doing this happened last time or I did this last time do you feel that there was a sense of that that you had an upbringing that prepared you like you say for this situation that's an interesting question um at the time no I I I was so deeply in it I I didn't even think there wasn't time to think and I kind of wasn't in thinking mode I was in adrenal reacting mode Subsequently, absolutely. I look at my life. I look at the difficulties that I've had in the past. I look at how they've been foundation setting and preparation for difficulties that I've subsequently gone through. And that in turn helps me when I am going through a difficult situation. It it helps me to kind of zoom back, like you're turning a camera lens and zooming back so that you can get an overview and accept what you're going through as potentially being a stepping stone for a future difficulty and I find that helps me Mm. tremendously deal with the what is you know because very often we're in situations where you think oh my god how am I going to deal with this Um, I think we're all going through Mm. that right now Um, however it's strengthening and preparing and almost like allowing and that in breath that helps you to then express um, in a different way you know it's, it's like part of the evolution of life really and I it's I actually love that process of being able to look back and say yeah that was really difficult but it really helped me in this situation I mean, for example mm. this difficulty of his father who was so unpredictable you know we never knew whether he'd come home and be in a good mood or a bad mood and you learn to listen to the steps coming down the pathway and how the key went into the door and how the door opened and the drama of that unpredictability, it was extraordinary. But gosh, it strengthened me. 
it strengthened me in so many ways, you know, to mm. to be able to read people, to be able to read situations, to be able to assess things at a very deep level, you know, because now I have clients coming through my business and it gives me that intuitive ability to look at a situation and to assess it in real time, really quickly, really definitively. And I am grateful, really grateful for that as part of the building blocks of my abilities, my skill set, my toolbox to be able to then go on and help other people. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, it it really helps to to have that looking from the future, looking backwards to get the, the zoomed out viewpoint on how all of these elements help to build us into the people that we are. Yeah, I agree with you. And I like looking back myself, you know, at times when everything turned out okay in a certain situation. And I can see that now that I'm the other side, but in the middle of it, I really had no clue what was going on. (laughs) And um, it just felt like life was falling down. Mm. And then when you look back, you can see how life was being remolded, Mm. you know, like having your hands in the clay and you're, Mm. you're just making like an you've got a nice mug or something and you're shaping it really nicely and you think oh I think that's ready and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. it all goes to part and it ends mm-hmm. up a heap on the floor and it was actually meant to be a plate <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I think we have our hands in the clay all the time totally yeah and it's a nice way to look back isn't it yeah funny when we do these interviews mm-hmm. we always take care to consider the three aspects of us which is the girls we were, the women we are now, and the women we are yet to become. Uh And those three things have become a prominent part of my retreats and my ceremonies. And and so I always like to ask people, what would you say now to the girl you used to be, the woman that was holding that screaming child and coping as well as she could? What would you say to her now? (laughs) Gosh, that makes me feel a bit tearful. Um, I would say... Connect deeply into yourself. Get to that still, quiet place within yourself where you know everything. And don't allow external stuff to sway you from that inner knowledge. Because the world will pull at you in all sorts of different ways. But when you go deep inside yourself to that that quiet, meditative moment where there is nothing except you and your peace and your bliss, You know everything that needs to be known. So get into that place more. And also trust, 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 trust yourself. You know, don't allow other people to undermine your trust, particularly people who are in positions of authority. So essentially don't give your authority away. Take back your authority. Take back your sovereignty and use it to build you inside. Don't allow other people to undermine you. That's just lovely advice. Lovely, lovely advice. And what would you say to the woman you are now? With everything you've been through, everything you've learned, what would you say to the woman you are now? Well, that's such a beautiful question. Really beautiful. I would say to myself, the woman I am now, actually, you are enough. And you are doing an amazing job. And you need to acknowledge that. Because I think so many of us don't, you know, and 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 there've been times when I haven't also. So it's, I, I, and I now do have to remind myself that I'm enough, that I'm great without being egotistical, you know, but the things I do and am and have and have created and have built are amazing, you know? So 
So that gets me into that place of being strong and sovereign enough to allow the overflow to help others. And that overflow of who I am is essentially my gift to the world. It's so important to get to the place where you fill your own cup enough, you know, so that there is an overflow. But yes, that's mm. what I would be saying to myself. Now, you know what? You are amazing. You are amazing. You're enough. You've done enough. You've achieved enough. You are enough. That's perfect because we spend so much time comparing ourselves to other people mm. and seemingly trying to reach, I don't know, the next level when actually the level we've reached is the wisest, most perfect version of ourselves where we know everything that we need to know at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Bonnie, do you have do you have an image of the woman you are yet to become? Oh, I certainly do. <laughs> she the woman Tell I, me about her. <laughs> the woman I am becoming um, is self directed, re- very strong, very connected into the earth, very connected into the people that I'm helping at a level of joy. There's so many plans and visions and possibilities and futures that I'm constantly building. You know, I love my future life. (laughs) I kind of see myself um, raising consciousness on the planet. That's kind of been my overall goal identified before I even started having children, is that my role on the planet is to raise consciousness. And I'm already doing that in various ways, and I see myself doing it in expanded ways. And I think everything that you have learned through your time helping Cameron, Mm. of course, it is building block after building block after building block that forms you into Mm. the woman you are now and the woman you are yet to become and how you can pass on your information and your wisdom and your clarity to other women struggling right now. Mm. I really thank you for taking the time to do this because I'm sure that there will be parents listening to this podcast who know somebody with a screaming child Mm. or who have been affected by vaccinations themselves and maybe your words of wisdom about everything from Reiki, homeopathy and the skio will prove the very point they needed to hear because we never hear anything by accident things are always put in our path I totally agree with you Lynette I mean what an absolute treat and a pleasure to be here today being able to tell my story because I know it will help people there have been so many people already who've heard just a little snippet and have said oh my I experienced that you know and and have then Mm. come and found more information and 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 it's it's sort of triggered. It's it's been a catalyst for their own opening and healing, and maybe opening to an alternative paradigm rather than a medical paradigm. Not that they're mutually exclusive. There are different ways of dealing with things. We have access to plant medicine. We have access to energy healing. We mm-hmm. have access to so many modalities, not just the medical and pharmaceutical professions. And I really love that. There's that choice. Totally. Yeah, and it's expansive. You know, it's it's crazy to think that as human beings, we're not expanding on an ongoing basis. We live in an expanding universe. So there has to be new stuff coming in. It cannot be controlled by corralled, farmer-organized, big farmer-organized way of creating health. 
because it's that contracting anyway. You know, you have to look at a more expansive way of dealing with health. And that's what we're seeing more and more and more. And I just love it that people are stepping into these paradigms of energy medicine, informational medicine, bioresin, herbs, plant medicine. Mother Earth has an answer for every ill. We just have to find yes, it. Yes, she does. She does. So, so she really does. Bonnie, mm-hmm. thank you so much for telling your story today. My pleasure. If you have a story of courage and bravery, where you had to dig deep into your resilience and find your true power, I would really love to hear from you. Because when women stand up and tell their stories, they give hope and inspiration to those who are struggling right now. And women need a ton of strength sisters, women they know and women they don't know to be held by, to be heard by, and to be inspired by. When women celebrate their own courage and honor their stories, we give permission to other women to do the same. Dig deep into your own self-discovery. Check out our coaching ceremonies to find yourself, the medicine woman within you, and download our divine rituals to get you back on the road to your highest life purpose at www.awomansblessing.com.